The cool machine from Canner that lets you make and freeze your own delicious treats. Just pre-freeze the magic canister in Mom's refrigerator. You don't even need ice. You get enough mixes to make all this. Or choose the streamlined set without accessories or shake mixes and make these treats. 75 years ago, three brothers founded a toy company in Cincinnati, Ohio. Albert, Joseph, and Philip Steiner named the company Kenner Products after the street in which its corporate offices were located. As the legend goes, the brothers would receive toy packaging and design artwork from a studio in downtown Cincinnati, and over time, the delivery service would abbreviate the address to one word, Kenner. And so, in 1946, Kenner began its decades-long run of producing some of the most iconic and beloved children's toys. The Bubblematic and Bubble Rocket guns were wildly successful as some of their earliest offerings at the end of the 40s. In the 1950s, Kenner introduced household staples like the Give-A-Show projector, which sparked the imaginations of boys and girls across the country. And in the 1960s and 70s, Kenner continued its success with the Spirograph, the Baby Alive doll, and Play-Doh. But it was an action figure toy line introduced in 1977 that made Kenner one of the most successful toy companies of all time. That line would eventually offer more than 100 figures, spanning three films and two animated series. Playsets, vehicles, bop bags, blasters, lightsabers, 12-inch large-size action figures, and a micro-collection were some of the toys that came out of Kenner's eight-year run. And by 1985, Kenner had sold hundreds of millions of toys bearing the franchise's logo, Star Wars. Hasbro Incorporated purchased Kenner in 1991, and while the company moved out of Cincinnati in 2000, its legacy as a Cincinnati legend lives on through collectors today. And each year, in the fall, Star Wars fans and toy collectors from all over the world return to Cincinnati for the weekend of the Cincinnati Toy Show. Some arrange meetings with former Kenner and Hasbro employees or with people looking to sell their treasured collections. Others visit fellow collectors at their homes and tour their collections. And most of us meet up at a hotel lobby on Saturday night for a special late-night room sales and then head to the toy show on Sunday morning. What takes center stage during the Cincinnati weekend are the moments spent with other collectors. We have meals together, and we visit antique malls and toy stores in search of the gems that only a place like Cincinnati can unearth. We tour different parts of the city together, and something magical always comes from those impromptu outings and experiences. For many of us, it's been too long since we were back in the Buckeye State. Too long since we went to a proper Ohio toy show and too long since we last saw one another and were in the same room together. This is a look at the wonderful offerings, events, and experiences Cincinnati has to offer. This is a compilation of helpful information on where to eat and to hunt, what to do and where to go during your trip, 
as suggested by collectors who live in the area. This is your guide to a weekend in Kenner Country. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Whether you've attended the Cincinnati Toy Show weekend for years, or if this is your first time, you'll probably find this episode helpful. I've asked a few friends who live in the Cincinnati area to share some of their tips and suggestions for the upcoming weekend. The must-dos, the must-eats, and the can't-miss places to go. To kick things off, I spoke with David Gall, who is extremely knowledgeable when it comes to Cincinnati and Kenner history and he shared what he referred to as two hidden jewels of the Queen City. Before we get to David's picks, a little background on the nickname. Locals to the area began to call Cincinnati the Queen City in the early part of the 19th century. In 1819, journalist Ed B. Cook wrote the following in the Inquisitor and Cincinnati Advertiser. He said, The city is, indeed, justly styled the fair queen of the West. Distinguished for order, enterprise, public spirit, and liberality, she stands the wonder of an admiring world. Cincinnati had become one of the cultural hubs of a developing nation. Known for its focus on the arts and for reflecting the latest technological and societal movements, it was a beacon in a largely nascent region. The nickname was honored by the poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in his poem, Cadabo Wine. And this song of the vine, this greeting of mine, the winds and the birds shall deliver to the queen of the West in her garlands dressed on the banks of the beautiful river. The first recommendation by David was the old Cincinnati Inquirer building. Located downtown on Vine Street, this 14-story building was constructed in 1926 and was the headquarters for the newspaper until the company moved out in 1992 to its current location on Elm Street. The building also served as an iconic establishment in the world of episodic television. It was used in exterior shots for the radio station in the show WKRP in Cincinnati, which ran from 1978 to 1982, and it was given a fictional name for the series, the Osgood R. Film Building. In 2015, the building underwent an extensive $30 million refurbishment and was transformed into two beautiful hotels. The Homewood Suites and the Hampton Inn share the first three floors, 
and then the rest of the building is divided between the two hotels. Ornately designed, much of the art within the hotels reflect the city and pay homage to the building's former press routes. David's second recommendation for a hidden jewel is the Stretch Monster Mural. Commissioned by toy company Bang Zoom Design, the mural runs the length of the side of a building located near the new soccer stadium. It was created by Jonathan Queen, the artist responsible for the famous Kenner Toys mural, which is on West Court Street. The Stretch Monster mural shows the green villain from Kenner's Stretch Armstrong line, whose limbs are pulled to the point in which they almost wrap around the corners of the building. In bringing the mural to life, Queen employed the effect of a shadow underneath the figure to give it depth, so it looks three-dimensional, like it is hanging playfully from the side of the building. And here is the original commercial from the 1970s for the Stretch Monster. It's Kenner's new Stretch Monster. Look out, Stretch Armstrong! Stretch Monster, stop you! This will stop Stretch Monster! No, it won't! He's straining himself! Again, Stretch Monster, new from Kenner. Stretch Armstrong, sold separately. Okay, before we speak with some of our collector friends, I wanted to give you an idea of what a typical Cincinnati Toy Show weekend is like, and what to expect. Some people arrive on Thursday and will get together with friends for a celebratory dinner, and some local collectors may host small get-togethers at their homes. But the majority of travelers will come in for Friday. Usually there's a larger meetup at a collector's home that evening, which serves as the kickoff to the weekend for many. Meetups like these are important. As you know, collectors are scattered throughout the country and across many countries. Cincinnati has become one of those destination weekends, similar to the Star Wars Celebration Convention, in which many people will fly in to be there. And the Friday night meetups are ones that eschew toy hunting and deals, and instead focus on fellowship and catching up with longtime friends. They've also become a place to get to know collectors who are newer to the community as well. One of my favorite moments from Cincinnati occurred at a meetup in 2019. I remember standing in a circle down a friend's basement. And in this circle were well-respected collectors who had been in the hobby for 30 years, some who had returned to it over the past decade, and a few who were attending their first event that weekend. And the conversation was an easy and enjoyable one, and everyone had a chance to be a part of it. The best aspects of our community took place in that circle that night, and I'm happy to have witnessed it. So that's Friday night. Collectors will go out to dinner together, and sometimes a large group will take over an entire restaurant. Other collectors may opt to visit the amusement park Kings Island, located in Mason, Ohio. 
the weather in October is perfect for a night at the park. In addition to offering 15 roller coasters, including the new giga coaster Orion, attendees can check out the Kings Island Halloween Haunt, which was voted as 2021's best-themed Halloween event by readers of USA Today. The haunt features mazes, scare zones, live entertainment, ghoulish characters, and nighttime rides. The direction you take on Saturday really depends upon your interests. Collectors will often wake up early to visit some of the flea markets and antique malls in the area, in search of Kenner toys and prototypes left behind by former employees. A number of years ago, a 12-inch large-size action figure prototype of the 1978 Boba Fett figure was discovered at one of these markets. And if you listen to episode 55, titled Peter LaRose's Massive Storage Find and a Vintage Prototype Discovery, Pete shared the story of how he stumbled upon a Kenner Ewoks Wicked Plush toy prototype at the Antique Mall in Cincinnati at the end of August. This just proves there are still treasures to be found on a trip out to Kenner Country. Collectors and friends will usually meet for breakfast and lunch, more likely in small groups or with one or two friends. And in the past, a number of notable collectors have held small meetups at their homes during the early afternoon. For vendors of the Cincinnati Toy Show, setup for Sunday's event begins the day before, on Saturday afternoon. In addition to setting up, the vendors and their helpers have the opportunity to purchase collectibles and prototypes that show up early. I've been fortunate in the past to pick up some special pieces at setup. One that comes to mind was a Luke Skywalker first shot from the Power of the Force 2 Expanded Universe line, simply because I was in the right place at the right time when a notable collector walked into the show with a number of yet unexplored boxes. Also in the afternoon is a classic Cincinnati meetup hosted by Michael Havens and the Imperial Commissary Facebook group. It will be held at the Marriott Cincinnati Sharonville and will run from 5 o'clock to 9.30. Food and drinks will be provided and collectors will have a chance to hang out and to get to know one another. It will also serve as a place where people can bring Star Wars collectibles to sell and to trade. Collectors will take a break from setup or from attending events to go out to dinner together. Again, this usually happens in small groups, but this year, with the IC meetup and a few local meetups and barbecues, most collectors will have plans for a dinner destination. And then to end the night, we have our famed late-night room sales. The event is held at the Drury Inn and Suites, Cincinnati, Sharonville. I've mentioned the room sales many times on the podcast, but this is where the good stuff shows up. People bring vintage and modern Star Wars items, prototypes, and many other toy lines, too. Even if you're not looking to buy anything, it's worth taking the trip just to see which jaw-dropping, one-of-a-kind items and collectibles people bring to trade and sell. And Sunday morning is the Cincinnati Toy Show. It is put on by James Ford and CTS Promotions, the company that hosts Ohio's Columbus Toy Show twice a year. The show has the perfect blend of vintage and modern toys, and is certainly worth the trip.
So that's a taste of what the weekend is like. A few final thoughts about it before we get to the conversations with collectors. If you're newer to the community, don't be offended if you aren't invited to certain events. A lot of collectors host meetups at their homes and tend to invite people they know well and trust. After all, you wouldn't allow just anyone in your house, right? Also, for a lot of collectors, the weekend is the rare opportunity to spend time with friends they rarely see. And while the larger meetups are great, and all the potential activities to do are wonderful, sometimes you just want to grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, green tea and honey, with a friend, and catch up on life together. And if you're heading out to Cincinnati and don't know many collectors, make it your goal to get to know as many as possible. The show is a great place to do that. Talk to vendors and shoppers while you're there. That's what I did when I started coming out to Ohio, and I've built up so many friendships with people who are now very dear to me. And if I can do it, you can certainly do it. Collecting Star Wars items is a great unifier. It's something we all have in common. Also, before you head out to Cincinnati, if you're looking to do a meal with other collectors or just want to hang out somewhere, post about it on one of the groups. See if you can find others who are looking to do the same thing and would be willing to meet up somewhere. Create your own memorable meetup. You'll never regret it, and it will likely lead to many more great moments that weekend. And one more thing, and this is directed to those who have been in the community for a while. Carve out a little time to make others feel welcomed and a part of the weekend. Whether it's stopping for a few minutes to chat with a newer collector at the show or during room sales, or including someone in a conversation, these little things we do can make a profound impact on others. You never know what friendships may develop. I was once an outsider, and after seeing the kindness shown to me during those early years of collecting, I have tried to pay it forward with those who stand where I once stood. You really have the opportunity to make someone's weekend memorable and special, and it could be as simple as speaking to them about the hobby you both love. Oh, and a pro tip. Whatever time the room sales are supposed to begin, get there earlier. There's always a group of collectors who like to get a jump on things. And why not? After all, the time goes really quickly. Might as well make the most of each minute you're there. Finally, if you'd like to get an idea of what a weekend in Cincinnati is really like, check out the two-part series I did. It took place over episodes 6 and 7 of the podcast and is titled The Cincinnati Toy Show Experience. I recorded moments from setup, a visit to a collector's home, the room sales and the toy show, and everything in between, and I think you'll really like it. It's one of my favorite things I've done for the podcast so far, and I'm so thankful I was able to capture an in-depth look at that weekend. Okay, so let's head to Cincinnati a little early and hear from our friends as they share tips on ways to make your toy show weekend a memorable one. First up, a conversation with CTS Promotions' James Ford about why he, Chet, and the rest of the CTS team host the Cincinnati Toy Show each year. 
Hello, David. Hi, James. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing really well, and I'm looking forward to coming and seeing you at the Cincinnati Toy Show this week. Well, my friend, it's only six days a week. Can you believe it? Well, actually, <laughs> seven days. I'm so sorry. I miscount my days. <laughs> right. So, so what day is it officially? Everybody has to be at the Sharonville Convention Center October 10th. And that is this Sunday. And guess what? October 10th also is David Dead, and a lot of people don't know about me. That, that is my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. So I get to have the Cincinnati Toy Show and my birthday on the same day. Oh, I don't think you can plan, honestly, a better birthday. That's, that's pretty I impressive. know. 48 <laughs> years old at the Cincinnati Toy Show. Congratulations. And, and hey, you're going to be celebrating in style. So very. Oh, nice. I know. I'm, I'm surrounded by uh, toy friends and, you know, what, two or 3,000 people. What a, what a birthday party. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people, a lot of collectors that I know who have never been out to Cincinnati are coming out for the first time this year, uh, which I think is really exciting. And a lot of newer collectors um, who, you know, have never taken part in any of the events during the weekend and the show are going to be there for the first time. And that sounds amazing because there's so much um, in the collecting world. You know, like a lot of guys will do the Facebook pages and the eBay, but, uh, you know, the experience of getting together with the collectors and actually seeing the product on a table is so much different than actually seeing it on a Facebook page or on your computer screen. You actually get to touch and talk to people and be excited about being in that collecting world. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And I have to say, every time I've gone to the show, I've always been amazed at the amount of stuff that shows up and also oh. the quality. Like you, yeah. you have consistently gotten vendors who have not only, you know, uh, leaning heavily toward vintage and then having some, some good, solid modern stuff, but prototypes and pre-production pieces oh. that always well, show up at your shows. Well, well David, you've got to think. Uh, Cincinnati area, um, that is home of Kenner. So there's been so many discoveries in the local area with the Star Wars prototypes, mask, anything that Kenner did. So a lot of the vendors have reached out um, and like, hey, we're buying prototypes. And the things that have been unearthed from the Cincinnati area is truly amazing. How many vendors and tables are you having? Okay, at the Cincinnati Toy Show, we uh, we're we're at 210 tables, oh my which yes, yeah, so, so for Cincinnati, Cincinnati, that's very good. Um, and I would say we're about 80 vendors because most vendors they'll they'll have three tables each, but some of the new guys they'll just do one or two tables because they're not really sure how they'll sell. But once they've been to the show and they see how well we do getting uh, getting the people through the door, they'll be like, well, I want to get those three tables for next time. But we actually have a couple vendors that have six to nine tables apiece. Wow. And, uh, and oh, those are our – those, those, those folks have been with me for a long time, and, of course, their inventory is amazing, and their selection is out of this world. Mm -hmm. And people – I know I have friends who purposefully – 
hold on to stuff and bring it only to the Cincinnati show. Uh, and that is yeah. true. I know some of the vendors, they, they were at my Columbus toy show this past uh, August, and I'm like, hey, where's your really good Star Wars stuff? Well, James, I'm going to take it to the Cincinnati toy show. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I think for a lot of us uh, Star Wars collectors, it's been so long since we've been oh, able to yeah. get together. And yeah. I have to say, one of the most impressive things, uh, and I, I don't think you get enough credit for it, is by having this Cincinnati toy show, you have given us a destination uh, vacation for each year where people come <laughs> in uh, who normally maybe wouldn't travel in um, to attend the show and then to attend the events that happen you know, in the weekend surrounding it. And that's just a beautiful thing. So thank you. Um, I appreciate it, and I appreciate all the support that I've got from the collecting community and everybody. Um, I would, I'll tell you, David, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else but uh, being a promoter and being in the collectible world. When people say, you know, do what you love, I love what I do. CTS is my baby. Um, I started, I don't know if anybody knows my story, but I started CTS in 2003. Um, I just felt like there was no like good toy shows. There was one in Columbus, and uh, he decided to stop doing it, and I didn't know anything about being a promoter. So um, I talked to a general manager at Veterans Memorial. Some of the listeners will remember, wow, I remember that, that show. It was so cool, and I missed the venue a lot. I really do. But um, I went to the general manager. I'm like, hey, I'd like to do uh, a toy show. What do I do? And he showed me the steps on um, renting the building and how to promote the show. And the first show, I had 250 tables to sell. I thought I sold 310. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and at that time, you know, I had 2,000 people through the door. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. And CTS has been going strong for 19 years. Can you believe it, David? Wow, that's amazing. When was the first Cincinnati toy show? Oh, let's see. So the first Cincinnati toy show would have been like three years after that, I believe, in 2006. And we went back and forth with different venues. We actually had it at the, Un uh, the Xavier University. Then we had it at Sharonville. And, you know, it's just we tried at different venues, but Sharonville Convention Center actually got bigger and nicer. So we kept it there, and now we have a home at the Sharonville Convention Center. And it's in a really good spot, too, because I know, um, you know, the the room sales happen around that area. A lot of people yes. stay right in that area, um, and, yes. and you know, go go out to eat and do all these events that are right really within uh, a few miles yeah. of, of the, the venue. So it's nice to have that that ability to be able to do all of that and to be at the show and to set up there too. I, I'm I'm so humbled because a lot of the people coming to the show are doing cookouts at their house and bringing in collectors, um, and you know they're like, "Hey James, I'd love to have you at my home and look at my collection." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, it's so bad because I want to be part of that, but I also have to orchestrate the whole show with my business partner uh, Chet Mazzalupo and my amazing staff at CTS Promotions. But I just can't get out there because I have to be at the convention." center, uh, putting everything together. 
I think we all understand, truly. I know, but but the collector <laughs> in me, it really is a labor of love, and I really want to be part of I, – I do go to the room sales. Um, I, I try to participate and stuff like that just to see everybody, um, and it's just amazing. Um, just everybody coming together, um, I really love uh, being part of, you know, running CTS and the Cincinnati Toy Show. It's one that I really, really look forward to each each year. Could you share a, a personal favorite moment that you had from one of these shows that was something maybe maybe just kind of small, you know, and as I said, personal that, that you either witnessed or that happened to you from the Cincinnati show that will always stay with you? Okay, well... I have a story, and um, I was at the Cincinnati Toy Show, and a gentleman came in and said, um, hey, um, I have these cards out in my car, and I used to work at Kenner. And, you know, I'm like, wow, um, he probably has the Topps trading card, so I'm like, it's not going to be a big deal. Well, I go out to the gentleman's car. He opens a briefcase. There's a number of Revenge of the Jedi proofs in that briefcase. And I – can I say nerdgasm? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I got so excited because I'm looking at history in this briefcase, and these Revenge of the Jedi proof cards were the menace cards I've seen. And I had the opportunity to buy them. And, wow, buying a piece of Kenner history like that from a gentleman that worked there, it was just – I'll never forget that moment where he said, "Hey, do you like? I, I worked at Kenner. Do you have, you know, do you have any? Uh, do you, would you like to buy these cards?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> so that story will always stay with me. Um, there's countless other stories, but that one is um, etched in my mind for all time. It's fantastic. Uh, well, yeah. James, I have to tell you, I, I look forward to seeing you at the show, uh, to shaking your hand and, and thanking you oh. again in person just for doing you know this stuff and, and for making it happen. Um, you, you've given us a place where we can hang out, hunt for toys, uh, and just come back to year after year, and it, it's such a blessing. So, my friend, well, I wish you really the best. Thank you so much, David. And um, if I could shout out, um, but if you need any information on the Cincinnati Toy Show or any CTS promotion show, you can go to our website, ctspromotions.com, and get all the information you need. And we do do social media at CTS Promotions. Okay. Well, I, I hope that, uh, that everyone does go to the site and that they do go to the show, and the show is Sunday morning, so make sure you're there, and make sure you're there early because yeah. the line gets uh, gets to be pretty oh. long coming in. Yeah, um, the last Columbus show, let me just tell you, we had drone footage, and it went on forever. There were so many people, but uh, um, the, 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 the line would be inside the building, to, um, so you don't have to stay out in the weather. And uh, the early bird, I'm sorry, we, we prefer to call it early buyer. Um, it starts at 8 a.m., and that's four. $14. Then general mission is 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and that's only $10. And if you have children under 12 years old, guess what? They come in for free. And better yet, free parking at the Sharonville Convention Center. I have to tell you, James, when you said the price of the, uh, the early buyer uh, ticket, I've paid a lot more for a lot less. 
And um, what, what you offer, again, at a show like this, uh, I, would, I would recommend for anyone who is interested in shopping to come early and to come purchase that early bird, uh, early buyer ticket. Uh, early buyer. <laughs> yes, early buyer ticket, well, uh, because it's worth it. It really is worth it. Yes, it is worth it, and it's so much fun. So, you know, if if you're not doing anything this weekend, everybody, come see us at the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Toy Show and have an experience with you and your family. Fantastic. Well, James, I look forward to seeing you in person and uh, and hanging out briefly as you're running around and, and busy as usual. But uh, I, I really I look forward to it. Can't wait. Can't believe that the Cincinnati Toy Show is happening and it's finally upon us. Yes, it is, my friend, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and thank you so much for your time, my friend. Uh, thank you for everything you do, and we'll see you All soon. Right. All right, see you this weekend. Bye, guys. Dan Kozilla, thank you so much for coming on and, and uh, for you know helping to shine some light on some of the really good places to visit uh, in Cincinnati. So in case people don't know who you are, uh, if you could just explain a little bit about yourself and what you collect. Oh, hi, David. Um, thanks for having me on. I, um, I'm 40 years old. I just moved back to Ohio last year from New Orleans. I had been working in the film industry for 10 years. And there's just a lot better toys up here, so I'm back. I would I would absolutely agree. Uh, what kind of stuff do you look for, and what kind of stuff do you collect? I love uh, prototypes and pre-production, uh, mostly Kenner stuff. My favorite line is the superpowers. So any type of uh, chromalins and first shots, and hopefully one day a hard copy. But those are kind of tough to shake loose. Okay, well, you're in a good spot to find one, so <laughs> hey, hopefully it comes your way. Oh, yeah. Anything within about 60 miles of Cincinnati I consider to be the blast radius of Kenner, and there's you know stuff popping up in strange places. Is there one piece that you would hope to find, one specific piece that you're, you're really looking for that you'd love to add to your collection one day? I just want a full hard copy you know, a Dynacast unpainted hard copy from any of the produced Superpowers uh, series. Okay. And do you think that there's a possibility that maybe one will turn up at room sales on Saturday? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, you never know. So it'll be a big surprise if one does then. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a five-year goal. Okay. Well, I mean, I, th- I think that's a reasonable plan. That makes sense. Uh, so if anyone has a, a, a hard copy uh, that they're willing to part with, um, please contact Dan Kazilla. Absolutely. So Dan, uh, you mentioned that uh, that as someone who lives in that area and, and understands you know, the, the toy stores uh, that are there, um, that you could provide a little bit of, of insight as to um, which ones to hit and, and what's available. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think if you only have time to go to one toy store, you probably want to go to the toy department in Fairfield, Ohio. That place is awesome. They've got a lot of uh, vintage carded, loose prototypes. You know, they have a gorgeous case of prototypes. They have statues, vintage Legos. You know, they just check a lot of boxes and they have a really knowledgeable team there that uh, can help you find whatever you're looking for. 
It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a great store, and the amount of prototypes that they get in and sell and offer there are, are really incredible. It's just really see, neat to see that out in public, you know, on display. Even if you don't collect that or want to buy that, it's just neat to be able to go see it. Yeah, there's always something amazing about walking into a store and seeing a glass case filled with prototypes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, my eyes are instantly drawn to the case full of the blue resin, you know, just just kind of shines like a beacon. Mm. Okay, what are some of the other toy stores that are in the area? Well, there's actually a doll store named O Smiley's, and uh, they buy from Kenner Families. And uh, they have, you know, a lot of dolls, but they also have a lot of action figures. And usually they have quite a bit of, like, bagged Star Wars figures. So if anybody is a baggy collector, that's a place that you might want to stop. Where uh, families of, of Kenner, former Kenner employees, would maybe drop something like that off to them. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, uh, that sounds like a, a must-hit then. Um, do you have another one? Yeah, if anybody's traveling north on 65, there's a place called the South Louisville Antique and Toy Mall. It's about an hour and 45 minutes from Cincinnati. And it's, uh, you know, it's like a regular antique store with all the different cases with different dealers maintaining their own inventory. But it's all toys, vintage, modern, lots of smalls and knickknacks, uh, Ancillary items, you know, like lunch boxes and toothbrushes, etc. Okay, any others? Yeah, if you're going to go uh, to Columbus at all, there's a place called Big Fun Toys, and they've just got a lot of different types of toys. Um, lots of carded stuff, lots of complete vintage transformers, you know, with all the little accessories and parts, and uh, you know, a whole shelf of complete G.I. Joe's, lots of Star Wars. It's a, it's a tiny store. You know, I think rent in uh, downtown Columbus is probably pretty expensive, but it's uh, they've got it jam-packed. Oh, that's great. Very cool. And then another one is uh, Time Warp Toys. You know, I'm based out of Dayton, so this store is local to me. It's in Fairborn, Ohio, which is about 45 minutes from Sharonville. And it's a really neat store owned by a father and son. And it is just an ocean of 1990s carded figures. You know, everything from Adam's family to Z-Bots and everything in between. You know, and they just, you know, they'll have signs and advertising and store displays. And I've gotten a lot of really cool stuff from uh, Time Warp Toys. And 90s items have really come into play as being... uh really heavily desirable among collectors now. Uh, and so, you know, to be able to get things like store displays too at, at a toy store is, um, is, is there, is a true rarity. Oh yeah. It's, it's a really fun place to go check out. And, uh, Fairborn, Ohio, if people don't know is home to Foy's Halloween store. And it's a, it's a year round store all, you know, it's kind of set up like a five and dime store, but then with a lot of masks and, little jokes and tricks and uh, magic kits. And they kind of take over the whole town. They've got the whole town decorated with, um, there's a, a pirate ship and it's, it's just really neat. So there's, there's more to do in Fairborn than 
than just Time Warp. Uh, there's a, a comic book store called Bookery Fantasy uh, that I would also recommend. So in other words, go start your journey at Time Warp and then stick around for a while and, and hit a place like the comic store and the Halloween shop as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, so do you um you had also mentioned that um there are a few pretty good flea markets and um antique malls in that in the Cincinnati area as well. Yeah, the, so there's uh in Springfield, Ohio, there's two big antique malls, big and bigger, and they've got legit antiques. And then also a lot of toys, a lot of signs and knickknacks and um uh, they're just really fun to walk around if you have a couple hours and uh, you know, if you like the, the older antique stuff as well. Okay. What's the next one on your list? So um, the flea markets around Cincinnati are pretty legendary, you know, in our hobby, especially traders world. You know, I've found some stuff there. I've heard of some other big finds, there you know throughout the ages and then right across the street from traders world is treasure isles and i found some uh kenner like modern prototypes there and you know it's it's a neat place so before before we talked uh you had mentioned to me that you had a personal rec- restaurant recommendation uh that you wanted to to mention uh in our conversation um, so what would that be? Cause I know we're always looking for advice on where to go and what to eat. Oh, I do, David. Um, it's actually my favorite steakhouse. It's in, uh, Cincinnati. It's named Carlo and Johnny's. It's about 30 minutes from Sharonville and it's consistently the best steakhouse in the area. It's housed inside an old mansion that was formerly a casino and also a gangster hideout. And they have a really fun tour that they give you <laughs> and uh, just such good food there. You know, like a, if you're in the market for a 16-ounce bone-in filet mignon or like a tomato soup with grilled cheese croutons or, you know, it's, it's, it's my spot. Let's just say that. What is your go-to meal when you, when you, uh, when you visit it? Oh, I just told you the the sixteen ounce bone in fillet, <laughs> okay. the t- the tomato soup with the uh, grilled cheese croutons, and um, you know, just I forget what sides they have a lot of really good sides. Okay, and the name of the restaurant again? It's Carlo and Johnny's. It's uh, okay. a Jeff Ruby restaurant. He's a kind of uh, notable Cincinnati chef. What is the one thing you're looking forward to the most for this upcoming weekend? Oh, I just love the room sales event. You know, I, I really missed it last year. I just, I found it a great place to really meet everybody and, you know, meet them in person, not just talk to them in a little bubble on my computer, but, you know, like these are real dudes and they're actually all really cool in person. Yeah. And there's nothing like like being in the same room with people around toys and then talking toys and collectibles and prototypes. Oh, it's so great from a networking point of view. Uh, my first Cincinnati toy show was four years ago and I, it really changed things for me to like meet these people in person and 
develop real relationships and uh you know it's uh i can't say enough good things about the uh, room sales event awesome well dan i hope that this room sales turns out to be uh, another fantastic one for you and that the weekend is really special and that you get to spend time with the people that you look forward to seeing year after year so thank you so much for taking the time to do this Thank you, David. And you're one of those people. I can't wait to see you this weekend. Oh, I look forward to it, my friend. (laughs) All right. Well, I will see you in Cincinnati. Okay. Thank you for having me on. Dave Broad, it is so good to talk to you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in Cincinnati, and I can't believe the week is finally upon us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Dave? Doing really well. Good. Really well. Getting excited for the trip. Um, so in case people don't know uh, who you are, uh, if you could just you know explain a little bit about yourself and what you collect. Uh, can do. Well, um, my name is Dave Broad, as you said. I've been collecting... Uh, like a lot of us, since about 1995, I grew up in the era of Kenner, as I think a lot of your listeners, I'm sure, did. And uh, growing up here in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, I have some stories uh, about kind of growing up Kenner, but mostly I was just a fan of the toys who um, <laughs> I don't consider myself any kind of big-time collector. I mostly just collect uh, all of the uh, kind of production stuff. I have a Lobot focus, which I enjoy. Um, but if I had a time machine and I could go back to like the eighties or early nineties and know all the things that I know about the hobby now, I sure could probably find some good prototypes in this area. Wish I'd done it, but so be it. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I would travel with you if I uh, could. Yeah, we would all go back. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> as far as, as far as my collecting goes, um, I'm action figure collector mostly. Also, I collect a lot of food items. And as I mentioned, I have a focus on Lobot who, uh, I just think is a fun character who was overlooked by lots of us when we were kids and. And I'm trying to rectify that now in my own collection. So uh, that's kind of what I'm all about. And speaking of food, uh, yeah. you are kindly hosting a, uh, a backyard barbecue at your place yep. um, on Saturday, right mm-hmm. before the, you know going into the uh, the afternoon, uh, in mm-hmm. you know leading up to the room sales. Um, so, and you had mentioned that uh, you're opening it up to uh, to people who are who are interested in joining. So, um, if you want to give a little explanation of why you're doing it, and and uh, and uh, when it's going to be. Yeah. Well, uh, in years past, it's, this show's gotten bigger and bigger. I, I used to just attend myself and then people were, you know, you meet more people in the hobby and we'd try to get a bite to eat beforehand. And, and sometimes, uh, it was really nice to get invited out with everybody, but I didn't hear that anyone was hosting anything at a restaurant this time. So I thought, you know what, I'll host something at my house and people can grab a bite to eat before the room sales. And, uh, I have a yard, so, if, you know, I thought it would be an outside activity primarily, but people can come in and check out the collection. I'm totally comfortable with that. Um, so, um, I, I started putting feelers out to friends of mine, such as yourself. Um, and, uh, people are coming and if anyone listening would like to, uh, get in touch with me about possibly coming by, if, uh, if we know each other, uh, definitely. And if we haven't met before, maybe this would be a good chance to meet. So, uh, message me or message Dave Quinn on Facebook and he can get in touch with me and, we can maybe make it happen. But, um, the, um, 
the original thought was just to get people together so they could get something to eat on Saturday before the room sales uh, in a, just a kind of coming and going environment. And I actually, I just extended the hours, so we're going to start even a little earlier because a lot of people I know have set up. So um, it's going to run, we'll start at about 3 p.m. with kind of just open house style stuff. And then um, the actual food will start at probably 5, I'm thinking, or 5.30. So if you're hungry, you can just wait till then if you want to. Or you can come earlier if you have a other commitment. And then um, Sounds we'll probably good. Wrap the whole, yeah, probably wrap the whole thing up by about 9. Um, it gets dark at about 7.30 or 7.45 now, but it uh, doesn't mean we can't still hang out. And I don't know when the room sales officially start, but I would imagine by 9 people will want to start trickling up there. Sure. And yeah. I think it's very kind of you to um, open your, your house to, mm -hmm. uh, to collectors who are coming in, and I think everyone's going to really appreciate that. Yeah, it should um, be fun. You, I'm excited about it. You oh, and I, have also dog, mentioned... I have a big dog named Bowser, so make sure you're okay with dogs <laughs> if you come. He's a sweetheart. Okay. He's, sitting, he's laying down next to me right now as I'm recording this. Okay. Yeah, the easiest way uh, to defeat Bowser is to throw fireballs at him, right? <laughs> yeah, or run underneath <laughs> him when he jumps. That's the way. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, again, uh, speaking about food, food is a big theme mm -hmm. here. So um, you had mentioned that you have a number of recommendations I for do. people looking for either lunch or dinner while they're out in Cincinnati. Yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of food and this town, um, we have some food specialties, but really there's a lot of good restaurants in Cincinnati. So I got, I got a couple like little categories I can run you through if that's okay with you, Dave. Perfect. Sure. Let's start with the first one. All right. First one is easy. Um, I think Vicky had mentioned this too, but Cincinnati chili is our, um, uh, kind of it's, it's a regional food. Um, it is a local dish. If you've never had it before, I recommend you try it. Um, it is not what people actually, it's not really chili. It's more of a topping. So, uh, I always tell people like Cincinnati chili isn't really chili. It's kind of like a long Island iced tea. Isn't really iced tea. It's just a, it's a, it's just what it's called. Uh, so basically Cincinnati chili is a very, it's a thin topping that you put on other things. So, uh, basically you get a chili dog or you get chili on top of spaghetti with cheese. And we call that a three-way because it's got three ingredients, which I just learned recently. Mm -hmm. I can't believe I lived my whole life eating those things without ever thinking <laughs> of that. But it's chili, spaghetti, and cheese. That's it. And so uh, mm. or Cincinnati chili, I should say. So Skyline Chili is the place to go for that, most people would say, me included. Uh, there's also some other good ones in town. But if you're from out of town, uh, there's Skyline Chili's everywhere. It's basically a fast food franchise, and some of them even have drive throughs uh, But I would recommend you give that a shot if you never have. So that, that's my first category. That's the easy one as a Cincinnati person. I'm, I'm bound as someone who grew up here to recommend <laughs> that to out-of-town visitors. Understandable. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, you've tried it, and you know you don't like it. But uh, I think everyone should try it once. And if you're vegetarian, okay. they do have vegetarian options, but those are not going to be chili. They're going to be like a black bean topping kind of thing. But those are good, mm -hmm. too. Um, and then as far as other things go, I'm just running through my list here. So um, we got a lot of great things. Uh, Cincinnati is a very German town, and so there's right across the river. For those of you that don't know, we're right on the Ohio River. Um, basically, uh, you, uh, depending on where you are, you're always very close to Kentucky and right across the river in Kentucky, there's the place called the Hofbrau house, which is, um, German beer and food. And it's, uh, the same Hofbrau house that's in Frankfurt, uh, or I think it's Frankfurt, maybe it's Munich in Germany. Uh, but the first one they ever opened outside of Germany was here in the Cincinnati area, right across the river in Northern Kentucky. And that's pretty great. It's, uh, it's, it, it's very, uh, kind of stereotypical touristy feeling at first, but Having been to the ones in Germany, they feel the same way. Lederhosen, Oompa Bands, um, beer, schnitzel, all that stuff. So the Hofbrauhaus <laughs> sure. has that. You go there for lunch, they have outside seating. You can go there for dinner, 
whatever you like. So that's that's uh, kind of the second thing on my list. Good recommendation. Good. And then if you like, um, well, I'll stick with the German theme. Um, downtown, uh, there's a part of town called Over the Rhine, and um, there's a lot of great restaurants in Over the Rhine. I highly recommend uh, that area just for kind of walking around if it's a nice day and checking out restaurants and shops. Um, it's called Over the Rhine because there used to be a canal near there, and there were a lot of German immigrants in the 1800s that lived in the area. And when they would wake up and they'd look at over the canal in the morning, they would say it was like looking over the Rhine back in Germany. So um, Over the Rhine is the place. So my okay. favorite restaurant in Over the Rhine is a place called Quan Hapa, and they serve ramen. Um, it is a small restaurant, um, so if you go with a big group, uh, better call ahead. But, um, yeah, they serve ramen, and it's got a weird spelling, Q-U-A-N space H-A-P-A, Quan Hapa. And that's a great place. I really recommend that. And then right across the street is a place called The Eagle. They have fried chicken. It's pretty great fried chicken if you like that. And then right across from both of those, Kitty Corner is Grater's Ice Cream, which is another Cincinnati specialty I highly recommend. Grater's Ice Cream is great, and there's locations all around the city, but there's one right in Over the Rhine if you're interested in checking that out. So you're basically saying that if you didn't want to do anything else but just travel out there and just visit Over the Rhine, you Mm -hmm. could eat and have (laughs) multiple meals and just live there for a day or two. Basically, yes, yes. There's a lot of great places to eat here in town. and that Yeah, Over the Rhine has like like tons of restaurants and bars, and they're all pretty darn good. Fantastic. And then um, moving on, if you like ribs, um, there's a place in town called Montgomery Inn. And the Montgomery Inn bo- Boathouse is right on the river, and it's a nice restaurant, serves uh, ribs. I'm not one of these people who has, like, a stake in the ribs game, but I've really liked the – there's a lot of places around town to get ribs, and I really like this place. If there was a ribs connoisseur on here, they might have different recommendations. Uh, but I think Montgomery and Boathouse is a great place to get ribs. It's a little fancier than all the other places on my list. Um, it's not actually fancy, and the prices aren't that expensive. But if you go in wearing, like, athletic shorts and a T-shirt, you're going to feel out of place. So maybe one stage nicer dress than that. But uh, it, they have pretty good ribs at Montgomery and Boathouse, so I would recommend that. Okay, so you're saying a top hat and tails. Yeah, top is- hat and tails, yeah. Basically, uh, get dressed like you're going to Canto Bite. You know, it's that fancy. So. <laughs> Okay. How's that for a sequel reference, right? Um, yeah, that's very nice. And then I got I got two more little subcategories here. Um, sure. Pizza. There's uh, great pizza in town. We have like, I don't know. I love all our pizza places, but I just I laid out two of them. Uh, there's one called La Rosa's Pizza, which is a local um, local establishment, local chain. So La Rosa's um, is a family that founded pizza here. I don't know how long ago, but now they're all over the city. And uh, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of uh, if there was a Cincinnati pizza, it would be La Rosa's. Um, it's got its own kind of style. The sauce is a little sweeter uh, than most pizza sauce. Um, it's a little it might be a little heavier. It's closer to a sweet spaghetti sauce than a pizza sauce, which is mm-hmm. pretty distinctive. And I really dig it. So if if you want to try a new pizza that you haven't had before, uh, La Rosa's pizza is the one. And then I thought of one more after we started recording, Dave, that I jotted down. So this is a good segue sure. into the other thing, too, because uh, there is a restaurant called Nine Giants here in town, um, Nine Giant. And um, it's actually a brewery slash uh, kind of restaurant. They serve food. And the location will be uh, in the hearts of many collectors because it's where the Earth used to be, which is both awesome oh, wow. and kind of sad. So the Earth Toy Mall is a pretty famous, if you've been collecting for a while, you might have heard of the Earth. I remember going there in the early 2000s and 
they had amazing stuff coming through there. And I just did not know how blessed we were at the time. I wish that place was still around. Isn't around anymore. It's online only. But in the in the space where it used to be, if you want to go and channel uh, your vintage Kennery goodness and prototype finds, uh, you can go have a burger at Nine Giants and you can sit right where all that stuff used to happen. And whenever I go to Nine Giant, I always uh, cry a little tear that it's not the earth anymore, but then I enjoy the good <laughs> food and I'm all good. Okay. Right down the street from Nine Giant is a place called, um, like, I think three or four doors down, a place called the Overlook Lodge. And it's a bar. Uh, and the bar is based on uh, The Shining. So if you, if you enjoy The Shining uh, and the bar in The Shining, you know, where Jack Nicholson has his drinks with the ghoul bartender, uh, they've made a bar based on that. So you can walk four doors down from Nine Giant and go to the Overlook Lodge bar. It's pretty cool. That's some really incredible stuff. Yeah, I, I want to thank you for, for taking the time to put that together, though, too, because for someone like me who's coming, you know, from from a, an entirely uh, different region of the country or, you know, a different area, um, I wouldn't know a lot of this unless I, you know, spoke to someone or looked it up. And it's always nice to hear recommendations from our friends. Uh, so they all sound like great recommendations. Uh, you've made me very hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting hungry too. I love every one of those places and I don't have dinner plans yet for tonight. So we'll see where I end up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I might just have to put the podcast out early so you can listen back and, uh, and pick which one. Um, okay. And then, uh, in addition to talking about food too, you had mentioned that, um, there are some historical, either Kenner toy related or just Cincinnati, um, specialized uh, areas and, and sites that are worth visiting uh, while while someone is out in Cincinnati. So, um, so what would those be? All right. Well, there's uh, there's some easy ones to mention that um, if you've never been to Cincinnati before, I jotted down three of them that I think are key, and two are in basically the same location. Um, so the um, what place we call Union Terminal, which is now a museum. Uh, it used to be a railroad station, and it's what the Hall of Justice was based on. So if you watched um, Super Friends in the 80s, um, the Hall of Justice, uh, and I guess it was in the comics before that, uh, if you can picture the Hall of Justice where Superman and Batman and Aquaman and Wonder Woman used to hang out, um, that, that kind of uh, semi-circular building uh, is here. Uh, so they based that on this building. And when I was a kid, I remember my mom would take us there, and I always thought it looked like the Hall of Justice, it wasn't until adulthood that I learned that it literally is the Hall of Justice. Like, they literally based the design on this building. You know, when you're a kid, you just don't realize these things. So, I, no, oh, yeah. no one told me that, and I don't think that was common knowledge. But <laughs> the artists that design it literally liked the look of Union Terminal here in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, based the Hall of Justice on it. So, that's, that's recommendation one. Um, okay, so the, the Hall yeah, of Justice Hall is of number Justice. one. Then. Yeah, which is, yeah. if to look it up, you should uh, look up Union Terminal. Okay, Union that's, Terminal. That's how it would be on Google Maps. And what would your second uh, well, the second be? one, um, the second one is right there, and it's Kenner Street. So Kenner Street is literally one of the borders of the Union Terminal building. Um, so what you can do is you can drive up to Union Terminal, take pictures, and then exit and immediately take a right, and it'll be on your Google Maps. Um, Kenner Street is literally, uh, well, I'll put it this way, I guess. If you're facing the building, if you're standing looking at Union Terminal, Kenner Street will be on your right, and it is the first street. So it borders the building. Um, you, can, uh, you can park on Kenner Street for free, uh, so I'd recommend that, and get out. And There's a couple Kenner signs there, and you can get a picture taken just by one of those. So uh, moving from there, um, 
The Kenner Mural, which is downtown, is really, really cool. Um, there is, if you don't know, there's a mural uh, that was painted here in Cincinnati, oh gosh, maybe five years ago now, just a guess. I was there at the dedication, but it is uh, on the side of a building, and they commissioned a local artist to design it, and then um, other artists helped paint it, and it's literally just a giant mural on the side of the building with all sorts of Kenner toys in kind of a Toy Story style play uh, scenario. So there's some Star Wars figures in there. There's some uh, mask. Uh, you can see a giant Care Bear from the road, which is really fun. And I really recommend every collector stop there and check it out. It's really something to behold. So, and the best way I, I uh, the best way to find it on Google Maps is uh, it's not far from Union Terminal, uh, the Hall of Justice or Kenner Street, uh, but you'll need to drive. Um, it's right downtown. And it's on Court Street, um, but I was just looking, and there's a the best way I always go down there. If you just put Court Street Lobster Bar in your phone, um, that is a that is a little restaurant that I've actually never been to, but it's right across from the mural. So Court Street Lobster Bar. If you drive to that, you'll see the mural. Perfect. Wow, yeah. those are three fantastic ones. Yeah, and I thought of a fourth one right by there. If you, if, if you don't mind, I'll throw it in. No, please. Yeah. So the, the um, Kenner was headquartered in the Kroger building downtown uh, for years and years. And the Kroger building is very close to the Kenner mural. You can, you can walk to a spot where you can see it. And you'll probably see it just driving around. It's a giant white building that says Kroger on it. And that's where all of our dreams were made. Like that was, they were headquartered there during the sweet spot of um, all the Star Wars stuff. I think, I'm not an expert, but I believe... I believe when the building was on Kenner Street, that was before most or even all of the vintage Star Wars days. Uh, but I don't know that for sure. But I do know for sure that Kenner was headquartered at the Kroger building for a ton of Star Wars. I think most of Star Wars, that's where they were. Well, each I have to say each one is a fantastic recommendation. Yeah. Um, I am hoping to get to a number of them uh, mm -hmm. during the weekend, if it is possible. So yeah. uh, those are great. Yeah, you can um, do, and all four of those are close together. You could probably do all four in an hour. Um, oh, that's that, good to know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like the two, they're kind of two and two, and they're both basically downtown. So, fantastic. And again, if anyone wants to uh, to attend Dave's barbecue, mm -hmm. uh, just contact Dave, and mm -hmm. uh, it should be a really nice get together. I think the weather's supposed to be nice as well too. I hope so. so that's where I got my fingers crossed in the weather. So that's good. Amen. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. No and uh, I look you. forward to seeing you on, on uh, the weekend and, uh, and spending a really, really nice one in Cincinnati. Yeah, I look forward to it too, Dave. Thanks for getting in touch. Here's the Star Wars X-Wing fighter and the Star Wars TIE fighter. Spaceships and Luke Skywalker sold separately. Batteries not included. I'll get you this time, Luke. We activate X-Wings. Both with flashing lights and sound. Star Wars X-Wing fighter, TIE fighter, and action figures all sold separately. Vicki Bitter, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me today, and I'm so excited to see you in Cincinnati. Thank you, David. I'm so excited to be here and be able to chat with you a little bit. Really looking forward to the Cincinnati show. Oh, it's wonderful. Uh, were you able to go last year? I was. I'm a born and raised Cincinnatian, so I have the luxury of having all of these toy shows in my backyard. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that it, last year was the first one I missed uh, because of the pandemic, uh, I think in something like five years. So it broke my heart, but this this weekend is, uh, is going to be a fantastic one. Yep, we're back and better than ever. So Vicki, if you can, just tell people a little bit about yourself and who you are, what you collect. Uh, my name is Vicki Bitter. I'm a Cincinnatian uh, by birth. I've been here all my life. I collect mostly vintage Star Wars, but I also creep into a few other 80s wonders, a uh, little bit of Care Bears, a little bit of Strawberry Shortcake in my life. I like to call my toy rooms the time machine. They take me back to when I was six years old again. And what is your personal favorite Star Wars piece that you own? Oh, wow. That's a hard <laughs> question. Um, or I would say, what's a, what's a special Star Wars piece that you own? Special Star Wars piece is I don't have very much left from my childhood. Uh, my mother gave away most of my toys. I have one squid head that was near and dear to my heart as a kid. He went everywhere in my pocket whenever I was stressed or nervous. And at the ICCC conference in 2018, no, 2019, I was able to get him signed by Gerald Holm and to have my picture taken with Gerald Holm, and uh, that will be buried with me. And Gerald Holm is? The actor who played Squidhead in the original movie. So you have your Squidhead toy, your childhood Squidhead toy, signed by Squidhead. I do. And he did it out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, We were (laughs) at a mutual party. I told him the story. He actually welled up in tears with me. I told him how special it was to me to meet him. And he got a marker from someone at the party and signed Squidhead's cape for me. So cool. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Very nice. Well, so you as a Cincinnatian... Uh, you, you mentioned to me that you have some, uh, some pretty good recommendations for people who are interested in grabbing breakfast during the weekend of the show. Absolutely. I thought uh, this would be a great stop off early in the day before your show kicks in or the rest of your plans come around. And there's so much good dining in Cincinnati, but I decided to stay close to downtown because I know that a lot of people will obviously be coming downtown to see the mural or the Kroger building or any of those features. So my list is concentrated around that downtown segment. Um, My number five pick is called Wild Eggs. It's a newer um, millennial type restaurant, if we want to give it that moniker. Uh, It's located (laughs) in the banks by downtown, and they have a really good trendy menu of good options. Um, my number four is also available in the banks. That is Taste of Belgium. And they actually have two locations within walking distance of the Kroger building. You can either go south to the banks or up to over the Rhine. They make homemade waffles, really good crepes. They have a fantastic menu. So highly recommended for them as well. Okay, you um, my, had me at crepes. <laughs> they are so good. And the waffles are unbeatable. Um, it's a dense waffle that you can actually buy a four-pack to take with you. So even if you eat crepes oh, wow. at the restaurant, you can take waffles home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's number three? Number three is the Sacred Beast Diner, which is in Over the Rhine, a little bit north of the Kroger building. They're a little more upscale. Again, kind of some kitschy, trendy breakfast items. They make the most amazing deviled eggs that I've ever had, so I highly recommend that off of their menu. And just a great 
center of over the Rhine to explore. You can have breakfast there and then wander to see Washington Square Park, our amazing music hall building, a very cool walking tour after you finish breakfast. Oh, very nice. A good way to walk off breakfast, too. It's perfect. Absolutely. And number two? Number two is a personal favorite that's actually in Bellevue, Kentucky, which is where I am from. Um, when I moved to Bellevue, I was seriously considering a move to New York instead. And when I walked into Avenue Brew, which is my Bellevue pick for the first time, it felt like a Manhattan coffee shop. It is mom and pop run. They say hello to you when you come through the door. And they have an amazing selection of baked goods and full functioning cappuccino and espresso bar. Oh, perfect. And that'll keep you going all day. You got it. And it's a simple red bike ride or uh, one of the green scooters ride across the river, and you're right back at the Kroger building. Very nice. And what would be your number one? Number one is a staple of Cincinnati since I was a child. I've been going there since I was a kid. It is called Anchor Grill. And their motto is, we may doze, but we never close. (laughs) They've been there since 1928, and I'm pretty sure the only time they shut down was when someone drove through the side of the building uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, They've since closed the drive-thru, but the dining is open again. And it's the most amazing greasy spoon. I highly recommend that you go with money for the jukebox, because they still have their original... 1928, I think, coin-operated band that sits up in the corner of their main dining room. So if you feed the jukebox, you will get to see Barbie, who replaced the main singer a long time ago, and her band. They're a perfect cover band. They sound exactly like whoever you put on. (laughs) Really nice. Very nice. I highly Um, recommend recommend, it. What would you recommend uh, as far as eating there? what's What's a good dish to get? I'm, I was always a three o'clock in the morning person for Anchor Grill at the end of the night. So I'm going to go standard breakfast, French toast, eggs, bacon, hash browns. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Okay. So, so now people cannot complain that they don't know where to go for breakfast because you, you've listed some really good spots. Um, you also, you, you came up with a really good idea, um, for suggestions uh, that I wanted to do with you because I, I thought it was just you know pitch perfect for the uh, for, for the week. Um, so if anyone is looking to get their sugar fix, where are five places to go for that? I struggled with this one a bit too. These are a little more spread out, but I think some of them are worth a little extra drive. Um, number five, I started with insomnia cookies. And Insomnia is not a Cincinnati specific. I know that they have about 200 locations nationwide, but they are some of the best cookies you will ever eat. And they deliver. So if worse oh comes God. to worse, <laughs> you can get cookie sandwiches delivered to your hotel room or wherever else you feel you need your sugar fix. Okay, really important question because I'm obsessed I've developed an obsession with chocolate chip cookies over the past few years. How are their chocolate chip cookies? Their chocolate chip cookie is stellar, um, but I go for the double chocolate mint, which is a chocolate chocolate chip with mint (laughs) chips added. Okay, the only thing better than chocolate is chocolate chocolate. So um, 
I think I might have some delivered to the uh, the show on the day of the show. Perfect. <laughs> I can't blame you. <laughs> All right. What's number four? Number four is going to be a standby for everybody who tells you where to go in Cincinnati, and that's Grater's Ice Cream and Bakery. Uh, Grater's is a Cincinnati cornerstone, and it's right up there with our Cincinnati chili. Uh, They have an ice cream shop that's in Over the Rhine that sells just their ice cream, shakes, etc. And then if you're willing to drive just a little north of downtown, they have a full-scale bakery at their Reading Road location, and you can go in for candies, cookies, pastries, anything you can imagine by our biggest local chain. Sounds delicious. That's a really good idea. I love I love local chains too. I think there's something very special about that. And that's kind of where I've gone with everything because I think if we can support local, we bring more unique stuff into our city, and I think all of these are pretty unique places. So far. Uh, so what's number 3? Number 3 is Holtman's Donuts. And I know that that maybe should go in the breakfast list, but when you see their donuts, you will understand why you should have it as your sugar fix. Um, <laughs> they do a beautiful custom donuts. They do usually sell out by the end of the day. So I recommend an early stop in and then take your bag to go. Um, if I had to recommend one donut, go for uh, the Fruity Pebble Donut. It seems to be everybody's favorite. It is a heavily glazed donut that's completely covered in icing and Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> it sounds delicious. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to get your sugar fix, that's a really good way to go. And uh, Fruity Pebbles also counts as breakfast, too. So yep, good way to start go. the morning. <laughs> All right, and number two. Number two is another donut shop. And I thought about this, and I'm like, am I really going to put two donut shops on here? But the answer is yes, because on the Kentucky side of the river in Latonia, we have Moonrise Donuts. They are only open at night. So they open up at 5 p.m. and make donuts for you to pick up and have the next morning. At 5, there is always a line outside. And again, locally owned place that decided to pick up on an old tradition. Latonia apparently used to have a bakery that made bread all day and then made donuts starting at five o'clock when their bread line closed down. So this is actually a guy who used to go to that bakery that said, you know what, we need to do this again. We need to have evening donuts. So Moonrise only serves from 5 p.m. on and the only night they're closed is Sunday. And what is your favorite evening donut? They make a blueberry lemon donut that is to die for. It's a blueberry cake donut with a dollop of a lemon buttercream right in the middle of it. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. So we have four good ones so far. Bring us home with number five. Or number one, actually. Number one is Snyder's Sweet Shop, which is located in Bellevue, Kentucky. Again, it's been in business since, I believe, the early 30s. They make candy ice cream on site. We have a candy here in Cincinnati called the Opera Cream um, that started in the late 1800s, believe it or not, as a candy that was served during the opera intermission. I don't exactly know how to explain it to someone who's never tried it. It has a flavor (laughs) a little bit like um, a peppermint patty without the peppermint flavoring added into it. So it's a chocolate-coated candy with a white cream center, like a York peppermint patty, but no mint. I highly recommend you go and get one. Okay. And their ice cream is their ice cream is also to die for. So if you've not had enough ice cream at Graders, you can go get some more at Schneider's. 
Vicky, uh, you've given me a lot of stuff to think about this week going into the the wonderful trip. And um, wow, thank you so much for putting both of those lists together. I think, uh, especially for for you know for a lot of our friends, uh, those are two pretty important things to know when coming into a place like Cincinnati. Um, and often, you know, a lot of times, I think we we go with what we know. Um, and, and, you know, we sometimes miss out on those really good spots because we just don't know that they exist. So it's nice to hear from one of our friends who has that experience. Well, and I always see people throw out the same names, you know, when it comes to dining in Cincinnati, you should do this, this, and this like, man, there's so many other little gems that are hiding that in my opinion are just as good or potentially better than our old standbys. Terrific. Well, thank you again, and I look forward to seeing you in wonderful Cincinnati. I can't wait, David. See you this weekend. It's the new Star Wars lightsaber from Kenner. Inflation required. Batteries not included. You can pretend you have powers when you switch on Kenner's Star Wars lightsaber. Ready to feel the force? Switch on your Star Wars lightsabers. Close your eyes and go. I got it. Me too. Zach, you passed the test. The force is with you. Star Wars lightsaber, new from Kenner. Balloons not included. So that's a look at the Cincinnati Toy Show weekend and a few things to do while you're in town. Thank you to James, Chet, and the CTS Promotions team for giving us something to look forward to and for helping to establish a Star Wars collector's destination weekend with the Cincinnati Toy Show. And my thanks to Vicki Bitter, Dave Brott, and Dan Kazilla for sharing the info they've gleaned as residents of the Cincinnati area about the best places to visit and restaurants to patronize. When traveling to another state, it's always good to hear from the locals, but it's even better when those locals are your friends. And I'm honored and blessed to know each of you. If you're considering attending the Cincinnati Toy Show Weekend, or if this is the first time you're hearing about it and it interests you, please take the trip out to Ohio. I visited Cincinnati on my own five years ago, and I'm so glad I made the decision to do so. Each year, the weekend has been special in its own way, and those memories mean so much to me now. Here are a few of the memories that stand out. Watching Kyle Rose purchase the Biker Scout Proof the day we became friends. Visiting the collection of Sean and Ryan Lemkel with friends and taking a group photo all together on their parents' driveway. Running into Trent Bailey in the hotel elevator on Saturday afternoon and going out for an impromptu lunch with him. Walking with 30 collectors from room sales to a late-night meal at a nearby Waffle House. Attending my first proper room sales event and getting to hang out with collectors and to witness incredible items being offered during the night. Waking up before the sun came up and heading to a show on a brisk Sunday morning. Meeting Steve Denny as he displayed vintage Star Wars packaging art at his table. Walking around the show with Paul Chu and seeing Power of the Force 2 original cardback artwork calling friends from the show and helping them acquire prototypes for their collections. Shopping the show with Mike Mensinger before heading home and strolling through the aisles one last time. Those are just the ones that come to mind from over the years, but there were so many moments. Some were exciting, others were simply joyful. And then there are other private and personal ones. 
And of course, there were those that still make me laugh when I think about them. Cincinnati is more than an October destination for collectors, or even a toy show. The weekend is a class trip, a class reunion, and a chance to really bond with those who share the same love of Star Wars and Kenner. It's an opportunity to learn more about the history of the toys we love by exploring the city that created them. Thank you for listening to another episode of Star Wars Prototypes and Production. This episode came together as a last-minute idea. I realized that many collectors would be visiting Cincinnati this weekend, and I thought it would be helpful to provide a quick travel guide for your trip. Do you know what Ohio's official state motto is? After the Civil War, the state adopted the Latin phrase Imperium in Imperio, which means an empire within an empire. Some believed Ohio would be the center of the burgeoning nation, but many criticized the slogan for what the Ohio History Society dubbed its pretentious, feudal meaning. The state remained without an official motto until 1959. A year earlier, an 11-year-old boy named James Mastronardo expressed concern that Ohio was the only state in the nation without a motto. He wrote to the Cincinnati Inquirer about it, and with the Secretary of State's encouragement, he testified before the Senate State Government Committee to suggest one that meant something to him. It was a simple phrase, one that was his mother's favorite saying. And in October of 1959, a law was passed, declaring Ohio's motto, With God, all things are possible. My prayer for you is that you have a wonderful and memorable time in Cincinnati, that you reunite with old friends, and that new friendships form through random run-ins and conversations, that you find items for your collection, and if you're a prototype collector, that some incredible pieces land in your hands, that you have fun at the meetups and the room sales and at the toy show, that each meal would have meaning and that every moment would remind you how truly blessed we are to be able to partake in collector events like this. If you're enjoying these episodes and stories, please subscribe or follow the show on your preferred podcast platform. It's free to do so, and this way you'll know as soon as the next episode drops. And if you like the podcast, please share it with a friend, and please leave a review. Leaving a review of this podcast would help me immensely. These reviews not only help to give listeners an idea of what the podcast is like, but it also serves as a good indicator as to whether it would be worth their time as well. And on top of that, it also helps algorithm-based platforms to recommend prototypes and production to people interested in finding new audio shows. Here's to the Cincinnati Toy Show Weekend. Hope to see you there. From Kenner's Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection, it's Millennium Falcon that you put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Uh-oh, come on, Chewbacca. Stormtroopers are coming. Action figures each sold separately. Got them on radar. I'll fire the laser cannon. There's even a hidden storage hatch. Ready for takeoff. Jump to light speed. We're gone. On to the Death Star. 
Millennium Falcon from Kenner's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. Action figures each sold separately.